Hi, I'm Harry Nichols, and this is Kid Stuff. On October 15th, I'm putting out a brand new record inspired by my work dealing and empathizing with middle school kids. Uh, to go a little deeper, I'm sitting down with musical friends from all walks in my life to talk about their awkward tween years and how they came to be who they are. Today, I'm stoked to talk with my bud, my bandmate, singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Samuel B. Lupowitz, who just released a brand new album called No Man Is An Island. It's wonderful. You should go listen to it. My new record will be out on all streaming platforms October 15th. You can pre-save it on Spotify by hitting up the show notes. Without further ado, here's Sam. Samuel B. Lupowitz, as I live and breathe. My name lends itself to that particular accent yeah. for some reason. <laughs> well, and I think that, I don't know, it's particularly hilarious because I see you like four times a week. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, you're supposed to say that when you have, when you haven't seen somebody for like 20 yeah, right. years. My, bless my stars. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Is right. that a thing people say? Why don't, why don't we start by, can you tell us like, like how, can you recount our friendship? Where do we, where do we, wow. yeah. Where do we come from? You and me. Well, so, th- so it's interesting because I've known you for a long time, like mm-hmm. since college. So I've known you for like, at like 10 years at least. Right. But you were always like, I think we had like a, an English class together. Right. But, and you were like, but we weren't, I, I wouldn't say we were, you were like sort of a campus celebrity in my view for, cause you were in Ithaca Pella. <laughs> Which you can meant, read as not celebrity. Right. Dear listeners. But when, but when you're on campus, like that's uh, for it's me, true. that was the whole world. I'm like, all right, well that guy's, uh, that he's, he's Ithaca famous. That's it is what, its own, like college is its own like bubble of, oh like, yes. Yeah. In so many ways. And celebrity and it's weird. So I was, ve- I was aware of you. For a while. I don't think we became friends until after college in those first couple of years when you... Because you were you left Ithaca after you graduated for a little bit, right? For a year, yeah. Yeah. And then you came back and, and we 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 shared a, a band member. And that was kind of... Right. So we started doing a bunch of shows together. And that was when we became friends. And I, I feel like it was really gradual. Like, we started playing shows together and so we got to know each other a little bit. And then at a certain point, it was like I started to get really invested in what it went from being you were a person I knew whose you know band was cool and and it sounded good to where I really like became a fan of what you were doing. Right. And then I wanted to hang out with you. And and I don't I don't. Do you remember like how how it went from being like, oh, no, no regrets. Do you remember, (laughs) though, how it went from being like. Like, you know, playing shows and, and, you know, our band's circling each other to just being like constantly doing all our shit i think at the, in with each other i like, think your your second album release show was it was kind one, of a turning point okay three four it's getting cold outside we, were in, we did a lot we had to do a lot of rehearsals together for that right and then from there like you i subbed in in your band like that's once or right twice. that was and that was how i knew how when we were starting noon 15 then that that was like oh right. okay we we've like thrown harry into the water just as a bass player and i like it right we don't know how to 
tell me, Samuel, h- how clearly do you remember ages like 11 to 14, would you say? I feel like I remember specific parts of that range very, very clearly. Yeah. And then there are a lot of gaps. Right. And and some of them maybe should stay that way. Right. So <laughs> but, but – uh, like yeah, my, I have some. There's some vivid memories from yeah. that period. I think a lot of people are inclined when they think about like that age, right? That those like super duper awkward tween years. Like, there's a lot of like, I I don't want to like color y- our our conversation necessarily sure. with like negativity. If <laughs> there isn't necessarily negativity, I think a lot of oh. people feel very negatively about that time. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? So like. I, like are all of the blips and beeps and blurs that you have are the are they all like you know horrible awful moments of embarrassment or are they are there good ones in there? There too? are definitely good ones in there, and yeah. that's like and before because there are some. I mean, also you know, especially given given the year that we've all been through as as right. we discuss this, I've you know. Had my therapist has talked to me a lot about trying to be more compassionate to my younger self. Right. So, so I'll I'll preface this by saying that. So, and that advice that if <laughs> that advice treat to you extends like all the way back there. Like, are you? Oh my god! Especially back there. I really? mean, okay. that's oh yeah, because that's I mean, e- even compared to like later teen years, I feel like that's when you start to figure out. Who are you? Not as an adult, but you're like trying to figure out like what kind of you're trying out a lot of a lot of versions of what kind of person Definitely, you are. Being. Yeah. Um. But you don't necessarily have the perspective. I mean, that's a, a lifelong thing. But especially then, like even when you think you're like, you know, breaking away from who your parents think you are and all that stuff. The, all <laughs> this the. the the things you take for granted and the the stuff that's under the surface is so not evident to you. Like even I feel like even for a very self aware, you know, thirteen year old, right, 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 you don't you haven't figured all your shit out, right? You, no, you know, yeah. not by a long shot. So there are some really embarrassing ones, like <laughs> vividly embarrassing, and and we'll get to those. Oh, I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah, just you know, of of, of just like figuratively speaking, smashing your head into stuff, trying to figure out how to be a person existing with your peers and, you know, the structures of school and society and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, like, I don't know. I still – some of the friends I made at that age are still the people that I am closest with. And some of that is, you know, maybe trauma bonding. But also (laughs) it's like we were going through that stuff together and you don't always stay close from the people from that period of your life. But the ones that I'm still close with, like, we've got a history at this point. You know, like almost like – a, sh- a shorthand or, or or like a language of our own. I yeah. mean, when when you know, Mandy, my wife, listeners, um, hangs out with me and and my friends who I know from that period. It's like sometimes she's like, I know what most of these inside jokes are about, but I I cannot keep up with this. So it's right. a conversation entirely in references to movies, people, and events that I'm completely removed from. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, it just, we fall into that. So, so that's a great thing about it. And also specifically, like, for me, a, right around, you know, age 11 and then getting into, like, that, that period of time, 12, 13, 14, is when I started to really get into music and my, like, 
you know, identity or, or like the, the box I fit into as a kid went from being like kind of slightly obnoxious, nerdy, geeky kid mm-hmm. to like musician and performer became my thing. Right. And that was a big thing for like, I think my, this period of my life would have been very, very different if I didn't have that because right. otherwise I didn't have any things that made me cool <laughs> to right. anyone, you know? <laughs> um, and, and that was the thing, you know, going to like playing Beatles songs on the piano and, you know, doing Moroccan and roll singing was, yeah. that was the thing that I established then that, that, uh, you know, I I think really helped me get through that, and, and uh, you know, survive some of the horrific missteps that you inevitably make. My closest friends also came from that age, mm-hmm. and I feel like I don't know, just based on my experience teaching um, kids of that age, like I I really don't think that there are lots of friends groups that remain, you know, like strong sure through all those years you know yeah. i think there's a lot of shake-up there's a lot of sure and which i experienced as well and i'm sure you experienced as absolutely well. but like even to just have a, a select few that kind of make it through i think is like a really it's like a really profoundly positive thing to take away from adolescence yeah my oldest friend uh might as well be a sibling i actually mm-hmm. don't remember the day i met him uh-huh yeah we were like uh straight up toddlers at a story time and we started wrestling and we uh yeah, I've just been been good friends ever since. What up, Dan Pucci? What kinds of music were you drawn to as an eleven to fourteen, or anywhere in that? Yeah, area? no, I mean it was the Beatles. Like that was. The th- I think I'd, I'd always been like interested in music. I enjoyed mm-hmm. music. I liked to sing, and you know, as I mentioned, I was maybe like a little obnoxious, or at least as perceived by my peers when I was younger, because I mm-hmm. would just like sing and shit. Like you know, like shut up. <laughs> they wouldn't say that because they were nine but you know that's <laughs> shut the fuck up yeah um jesus lupowitz but so fuck's sake <laughs> sorry <laughs> i've told this story before and I'll, I'll keep it brief but when i my parents were always a little a, a few a good few years behind the curve with everyone else else's technology but so when i was 11 which we're talking like 2000 2001 my dad got a car that had a CD player in it. Damn. it was a big, so all of a sudden we were stocking up on CDs because his cassette tapes wouldn't play in the, you know. Right. Um, and so he got a bunch. It was, I remember he got with the Beatles and then the red, like 1962 to 66. Yep. My dad was into the early stuff the most. And I just remember, I remember him dropping me off at school one morning would have still been elementary school. And like, I think the last song I heard on the way to school was I feel fine. And that, hook was in my head the mm-hmm. rest of the day and that was it and i like all i could think about for the next like three or four years was the beatles like, that really? was pretty wow. much became the thing um, and it was, I, again, like, I'd been taking piano lessons since I was a kid, and I was, like, fine, but I wasn't super drawn to it. But when I got into the Beatles, I had a teacher who was also into the Beatles, and he was like, okay, so we'll do the thing out of the book this week, but also how about every week I show you how to play the chords to a Beatles song? And that got me into, like, oh, you know, how to play chords and how theory worked and how songwriting worked, and, right. like, but it wasn't, like, an assignment. It was a fun thing I got to do mm-hmm. because I, you know, ate my green beans. Because of that, I, I started you know playing and singing and like any opportunity i could 
get to like get at a piano in front of people and like sing at them. I, I started to do that. And then when we got to junior high school, those kids were still there, but the two or three other schools that fed into it or whatever were so much bigger. Mm. It was like, now I have this opportunity. These people don't all remember me from age six on up. So I can just be the kid who plays the piano and plays the rock music. Right. (laughs) Uh, And so I leaned into that really hard when I got to junior high. And I was still a dork, but, but that was like, I remember there was the end of year, like, the, at the school lock-in and they did the goofy talent show and that was a, a you know i i you know, played lady madonna and like won that shit and it was That's like amazing. that was my thing that i dug into yeah so that so in a sense like especially compared to elementary school that was sort of a triumphant time um jacqueline hollinger did not like me back and i mm. was devastating but i still you know yeah you know so okay so would you now <laughs> looking back consider yourself Socially successful for a tween, you know, with the sidebar with the with the follow up question is like, if you just want to veer into this is like, what what does that even mean? Sure. Yeah. And that's I have a different perspective on it now than I would have. Because if you know, then if you would ask me, you know, are you socially successful? I probably would have said no, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I might have said it like proudly. You know, that was kind of me and my my group of tight friends you know that was how we like yeah like they don't like us but it's because they don't get it and fuck them it's no measure of good health to be well adjusted (laughs) to a sick society man (laughs) caught in the undertow just caught in the undertow um yeah like my high school was a big football school but i don't remember feeling like certainly not like 80s movie level like there was this hierarchy of like oh right. the football players rule this school man and you're a right. dork because you're in band there was a, like a lot of the kids who played sports were in music stuff and we had a good music program oh, nice. and there was That's a lot nice. of like dr- it was not you know there was some of that and, and like kids are assholes no matter what right like right. but i feel like i got along well with a lot of different groups of people I was maybe not like getting invited to everybody's stuff all the time, but my friends who I was close with, I was really, really close with. And I can't think of many people who would have been like, I can't by, by, by the time I was like 13 or 14, maybe like 11, 12, I was still in that kind of transitional period where it was like, Oh, this kid is so much. Um, But I, you know, I feel like I got along well with, with a lot of different types of people. And I had, good relationship like looking back on it i think i did pretty well yeah for you know I, I and and it's funny i as i say that i wish i had appreciated that more at the time um but i i, I feel like i i don't think i took it too much for granted i think i wish i had spent less time like wallowing over the girls who didn't love me back mm. i spent i got really that was other than music that was my main activity mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know 11, Definitely. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, <laughs> you know, there was, 21, there was a lot 22, of yeah. 23, <laughs> 31. No, no, no. I met my wife. That's we're, right. That's we're, right. We, and then that was cool. I think I, I think I agree. Like, I, I'm not sure that we, we should necessarily adopt a definition of social success as like being the most socially buoyant kid sure. necessarily. 
Like, I feel like I see as a teacher a lot of, uh, I see a lot of kids without any like ties or connections mm-hmm. or, or other kids to like lean on, you yeah. know? And I think that the best thing you can have is like, stir- like if you got sturdy, reliable, even one sturdy, reliable friend through that age, like that yeah. is like so, that's so much, yeah. you know? And I definitely had those. And more than that, I, as by the time I got, into middle school and again we're starting to push sort of in in my recollection a little towards the the far end of of the period of life that you're trying to focus on right. here but um i do remember feeling like overall you know my peers you know even if they they didn't want to make out with me they mostly like respected and appreciated me right <laughs> you know which in the long run i think was better to develop for myself at the time you know though the other stuff would have been nice but we we can't all yeah i mean i think wallowing over unrequited love is like just the experience yeah it's part of like just having (laughs) so many hormones just like just pumping your brain full of goofy juice like it's it's yeah it's like being it's like a completely like i I almost, I, I mean, I have the privilege to do this, but like, I almost don't really fault anybody for pretty much anything they did in middle school. Yeah. Because like, it's like, it's, it's like just being at a wild kegger. You know what I mean? Like, that's about as much reasoning as, as kids that age have, Yeah. you know, yeah. and they've got enough, they've got enough intellect and experience to like do good and do damage but yeah. like but their judgment really is is just like it's so hard to like pin somebody down for their judgment at that age you sure. know well that's good i think i think your students must be lucky to have a teacher who thinks that way because it's what so the other not is we didn't actually start doing it because of this but we we uh, I, i'm calling it prep for this conversation is yeah. Ma- mandy and i've been watching pen 15 which oh, is i love that show brilliant television oh, did you get to the part did- with the drum solo yes that's my that's like one of my favorite ever. Oh, that, that and the one where she starts masturbating have you seen that one yet yes and that okay. it's mostly been making me laugh and cringe um but uh, I, I, it has also unexpectedly been making me feel some real feelings of like anger and resentment towards, uh, you know, some of the adult authority figures that I, unlike many of my peers who I trusted implicitly, had my best interest in mind. And it like was the way they're portrayed obviously displays that they don't. And, and it, brought back some memories for me of like, oh yeah, I really, I thought those adults really had what was best for me in mind. And they did not, they were assholes. Yeah. They just like, for whatever reason, whatever, you know, the way that the adults in their lives fucked them up Mm -hmm. or just, you know, Mm -hmm. cause they didn't have the bandwidth to be patient and understanding or look at kids as actual human beings. They would really like mess with you or and like just, n- yeah they've just straight up forgotten i think in some cases i yeah. i've forgotten at times I th- it's sure. not it's not the kind of thing that you can just necessarily like you are a person like certainly there are some people who have like you know who are habitually like that but i think it's the kind of thing where people kind of go in and out of like yeah remembering and empathy and you know all that shit that's good for for me to hear too that makes me feel feel less anger toward you know i'm i won't won't name any names Mr. Weatherhold, but <laughs> <laughs> no, he was he was all right. Once you leave the trenches of adolescence and yeah. 
figuring yourself out and you get into more sturdy ground, it's so easy to forget. Yeah. What moment or moments stand out to you as like emblematic or not necessarily even emblematic, just striking, memorable? Hmm. What is really coming back to me is is like some early instances of like me figuring out where I feel most comfortable right. expressing myself, which is right. really cool. Um, yeah, and this also in the spirit of not coloring things you know, excessively negatively or yeah. exclusively negatively. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, because I could also. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I Positive memories are fine. I mean, yeah, you know. I, I'm. I'm. Well, and I'm, what I really want is to tell like one good story that's about a specific event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm having trouble finding anything like that that stands out. Uh, I became. Uh, the, I know this will shock you, knowing me as I do. I was like the morning announcements guy. You know? <laughs> I was that, and I think I think in our middle school they had to rotate through like everyone was interested, so, which meant that maybe I got to do that like once or twice a right. year. But you know, I was that guy, like a clearly, you know, I I got I would do it enthusiastically, and then started, you know, I was in the music program. I would go even when I wasn't on the announcements. I would go for like the band director when he needed to make some music program announcement. He would send me instead of having you know whoever from uh you know that random seventh grader read it for him which is what normally would happen if you send your stuff into the morning right, right he'd have me like and now over to sam lupowitz with an update from mr hauser and so i you know i liked to keep to keep things interesting <laughs> and i i would always like have so, do some different things to like you know, try to be be shocking within the confines of being in middle school, you know, just to be like, oh, Sam, that's uh, that thing he said. That was real funny. And also now I know that signups for marching band are on Thursday. You know, that's <laughs> some so, so subversive. Um, so, yeah, be, to be shocking while also being rigidly adherent to <laughs> that's I think you just described <laughs> my school experience yeah. in a nutshell. Yes. Yeah, same. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, what I remember is this one time, it was just like where I went that day and I had the, the you know, whatever. This is, if you're going on the band trip, your check from your parents needs to be on Mr. Hauser's desk by, you know, 3 p.m. and whatever. Right. Um, and I went up there and I said, I went, exotic dancers. Now that I have your attention, I need to get. Awesome. I so Mr. Keener, who did the morning announcements and was also a science teacher, I've never – he wasn't angry. He was just so disappointed. Because uh, you said, said exotic it, it dancers? Hurt. It's like, listen, Sam, I know you're having fun up there, but I can't – if I'm going to have to, like, screen you before you go up there, yeah. so I don't want to have to do that. I'm fu- I, I just remember, like, <laughs> the guilt being so intense. Oh, man. For, and, like – Thinking about that now, like how innocuous that it, that was. I like, know. I but it's very fun. Like it's it's interesting for me to 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 think back on that again. I, again, that was supposed to be just another like goofy middle school anecdote, but I'm looking at it very philosophically now on like how those kinds of experiences shaped my <laughs> you know yeah, my no. journey from going on like how careful or not careful I would be about yeah. upsetting people. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also like it's kind of telling about 
our age in middle school, and I think to a certain extent this still exists, but like the extent to which you, like you said that you said the phrase exotic dancers, which is like like yes, it, it is sexual in nature, but it is, it is so so mild. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I think there was in our day and perhaps still depending on like who you get these days like there was like such a such an excessive punishment for any like humor or references or language that was like at all sexual oh, in nature yeah. oh yeah because so... because sex is bad right. and you're a bad person well, it's so oh, yeah, strange that was... because, it's not strange i mean it, i understand what what they're thinking but like for that particular age which is like so 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 sexually driven. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, it's so strange. It's it. You're setting. You're, there's such a setup for. And 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 when I talk about you know disaster. taking for granted, like assuming without question that most of the adults and authority figures in my life fully had my best interest in heart. That's one of the things that when I look back, I go like, eh, well, like yeah, how all the the um. The, it was not it was not a sex positive environment right you know that, like and i know we were like 13 or whatever but it was just not and i remember in in retrospect like even like the health teachers and stuff i remember some of them having to like i see now that i'm older that they were trying to do the dance and do as best they could within a system that was not allowing them to be honest with us right um and i didn't go to like it wasn't uh, an abstinence only uh, kind of program at my school, but you only had to go like one school district over to have that shit. You know, it was not uncommon, right. in, you know, and it's just wild thinking about it and all the stuff from back, like how just part of the tapestry of everyday life baseline homophobia was, and yeah, that, you know, like yeah. that was not, you know, I mean, the, the world in many ways is going to hell in the handbasket, but there's like a, I think less of that now, or there's more of an understanding of that, you know, not everyone is, is straight and mostly white in some places all the time in some places. places. Yeah. So, uh, so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about, about progress, but I know it was very, the, the version of the world I was presented at, you know, when I was 12 was very different than, than what I grew into. Right. We had a, I mean, we had a pride parade at DeWitt middle school at the end of, uh, at the end of the year this past year. And, uh, yeah, I mean that just the idea of that. Yeah. 20 years ago seems impossible. So maybe that's hopeful, you know? Um, all right, let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, my last question for you is, uh, if you could say something to your past self, Oh, and don't worry about, you know, time paradox. You don't have to be yeah, like, uh, my, you know, as long as, as long as you hit you, that, you can wire, worry about time paradox. Exactly. 88 miles per hour. Right. Everything will be fine. The biggest thing I would tell myself, I think is to trust my instincts, but not my anxieties. You know, mm. uh, I, I like be, be true to yourself, be open, be honest. And that's okay. Even though sometimes it means that people think you're too much or people hurt your feelings, but it's better to, and I do think I got that message that it was okay to just be yourself. And I think I did a solid job of that. And I'm, I'm happy about that. You know, you don't have to be ashamed and it won't, 
make you a bad person or put a mark on you for uh for making a mistake and you know and for for trying something new and it doesn't it doesn't always have to work out perfectly for it to be a good thing Mm -hmm. you know i think that was i think i spent a lot of my youth um being really concerned with not screwing up because it would make me less yeah but so that's that's it oh actually it's funny as, as we discussed you know there are some tough memories from that time as there would be for anyone but this has been uh, largely a, a, a pleasant reminder of, of some some good things that came out of that period of my life which i was not necessarily expecting good so. i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> well dude thank you so much for doing this with me for my being pleasure. the first person to do this samuel b lupowitz uh go listen to his new album hooray you got it all everything i said i wanted you got it faster Still looking cool and nonchalant And when I shouted out ten years ago I would take on the world and you Would I curse myself at thirty That the dream never came true So flip the tables and curse the heavens Turn amplifiers up to I made a vow, turned down notoriety, and I am humble, as much as an egotist can be, but when I shout it out at 21, I would rise up high like a flame, I should have known I'd have to swallow
is over.